I, I even think of how yesterday, you know, LaShonda, she's always usually working on Sundays, but here she was here yesterday, and Mark had a, a low-sugar episode, and like, boy, she was right there. And I was thankful for our counselors who had a couple sodas in the refrigerator that I could steal so, so that he could have that. And I just think of the, the blend of the years that we've had together, and then we had so many people here from Avani and I and some of you who have been from Christian Community Church to see our spiritual heritage under Ernest Gentile. And, you know, from our uh, those people in our lives, there's uh, like a, a download, something that is transferred to us in a DNA that, you know, we resemble our family. And I, I saw just that spiritual DNA we had. You know, Brian, Brian Phillips, you know what it was like, uh, you know, just being at Christian Community Church and the atmosphere of God's presence and uh, the, the songs of worship, Jesus being uh, Lord of our lives, and you know, even looking at Paul's transition in his life and how he lived for God his whole life, and you know, he had that debilitating disease that he never was free from, and just all the things that go on. I am so thankful. And then before Maya got up today, I was just thanking God for the Galindos and how they planted here 16 years ago, and they immediately got involved and started doing all kinds of things. We got to ordain them, and and just thinking of Maya growing up as a young woman, it's a young child, but growing up and hearing her behind me singing, usually she's up here singing, but to hear her singing that song and thinking, God, thank you for what you do. Thank you that it takes years sometimes for you to do and build a community of believers. But, you know, there's clearly God is doing incredible things in our midst, and I hope you're experiencing it and enjoying. I remember the, the years that we didn't have much of a worship team, and then to see all of our worshipers here today, we are blessed as a community of believers, and so thank you so much uh, for just being with us and, you know, finding your gifts, your talents, and ability, and being part of the local church. I, You know, over the years, being a pastor and being in church my whole life, you see people come in, and they get it, and they have a, like almost like a shot in the arm. They get a something from God, and it's almost like their cell phone is charged, and they kind of go off for a while, and there's such a tension in being a believer and being in the body of Christ. There is something you get in your personal relationship with Christ and reading the word and, and building that relationship with Jesus, but there is something that is enhanced when you become part of the body. When you begin to see and discover your spiritual gifts and then you begin to flow into that body and you kind of lessen who you are, but you become something greater because God uses you in a local body and you build friendships and family and you build a camaraderie that is like... Uh, it just strengthens you, and it's just something that, that keeps you balanced. There's a tension in being a Christian that is so involved with being in the body of Christ. Okay, so some of these scriptures are going to be familiar today, but I really believe the Holy Spirit gave me this message, and I want you to grab what God has for you. The Bible says that God's word is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, and it comes in and it separates our natural understanding from the Spirit of God that is caused our spirit to reborn when we accepted Christ. And the strengthening of our spirit helps us to understand and be able to separate what is the natural and what is distracting and what's not of God. And so the division of the Word of God is so important for us to take in the Word of God and grow strong spiritually so we can discern whether our mind is being taken astray or we're actually on track with doing the will of God. And so the title of my message is In Everything. And he cares about everything in your life. Everything about you, he is intimately involved with, and he cares about you. <clears throat> now, because of our uh, fallen nature and who we are, <clears throat> excuse me, 
We don't always uh, think that God is, cares about everything in our life. But I want you to remember what everything means. It means everything. <clears throat> Very heavy, huh? Our key verse for today is Philippians 4, 6. Paul wrote to us, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Now, if you didn't hear anything else, but you took that scripture this week, you would be able to feed on it and be excited about God in your life and everything that you're facing. Let me ask you this question. Do you pray about everything? I mean everything. <clears throat> in all your ways, it says acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. So it's really including this scripture about letting God be involved. The definition of everything is all things. The definition in the English-Greek lexicon is the totality of any object, all and every, each whole thing. The definition of by from the web, identifying the agent performing an action, indicating the means of achieving something. <clears throat> so you might say by is the vehicle for your prayer requests. If you're a word person, hopefully this is feeding you today. So by prayer is the agent or means of achieving everything. Again, prayer is that vehicle for which your prayer requests are received by God. Supplication, the definition is the action of asking or begging for something earnestly or humbly. <clears throat> now, most of us are all adults now. We don't beg anymore. How many? How, come on, be honest. Do we beg anymore? Maybe we'd like to. How about when we were kids? Oh, can you? maybe some of you who have kids, uh, you know what begging is like. I remember one Christmas, I begged, I asked, I begged, I asked, I pointed to what I wanted to my dad, and it was the one Christmas that I felt like I got what I wanted, and I felt like it did something in my heart with God, to trust God, and to believe that I could ask anything from Him. And those of you who get a little bit tired of hearing your kids beg, know that you can do this with God. <clears throat> Everything. Oh, now from the English Greek lexicon, it's just how I am. <clears throat> from the English Greek lexicon on a supplication is that which is asked with urgency based on presumed need. Request a plea, a prayer. Everything has to do with both natural and spiritual life. That makes sense on huh? everything. By prayer, through the action of asking God in prayer. It's, it's an action when we actually pray for God for what we need. It's a step showing our faith. In fact, when we pray, it is showing that there is faith behind us. Because if we didn't believe that God was hearing our prayer, we wouldn't be praying. Supplication is that humble, desperate plea to God. It's the urgency of a situation that moves us to petition the Lord. And then we're supposed to do our supplication, do our prayer with thanksgiving, with a heart of gratefulness. But how many know sometimes when we're desperate, we kind of don't do thanksgiving? 
can we be honest? I mean, sometimes we're just, hey, God, I need this. This situation's desperate. But Thanksgiving is kind of on the back burner. But we're supposed to be thanking God as we're in that desperate place of supplication and prayer. And thanking God is an act of worship and an act of trust. <clears throat> in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Again, we are so involved knowing our own heart, our own soul, and knowing the will of God that we have, or what the will we have, we kind of forget about God's will. And since we, since we accept Jesus Christ, we come into that place of really reshaping and reallowing God to orchestrate our will to come under His will. And we find when we let God's will be preeminent in our life, we are living the best life. We are having the greatest amount of faith and the greatest relationship with God because we're learning to trust Him in everything that we're going through. In Psalms 156, it says, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, no, sometimes we, we come into church and maybe even we're going through things and it's kind of hard for us to praise. But give that sacrifice of praise because, again, it puts you in the right perspective with God and with, with dealing with the everythings that are going on in your life. Let your request. It is the most important to let God know what your desperate requests are. Made known to God. Often we fuss and even let others know of our desperate situations. But we don't let really go to God first. How many would be honest like that? You complain to your husband, your wife, your friend, your mother, your sister, you know, instead of going to God. If this scripture is just a reminder, go to God first. Ask him. Make your request known to God. This scripture that was really prophetic in, uh, in December, it still works for today. Is Matthew 6, 6. But when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So telling you this action of prayer is sowing something into God that he's going to give uh, in return to you. You're going to see an answer to prayer. In Ecclesiastes 3, 1, it says, To everything there was a season... A time for every purpose under heaven. <clears throat> you know, we just, uh, in August, it was 20 years since we started the church, coming down from San Jose. And I was thinking of some of the desperate years of things that we prayed for and were waiting on God for, and waiting to see how God was going to build this church, and realizing in the desperation sometimes that we have in our lives or spiritually about things that we're waiting for, that there's a timeline so that the, everything that concerning God and us can take place. And I don't know about you, but we're in a society where everything is so instant that waiting is really hard. And to put a timing thing on God in, in, in our prayer, it's kind of hard for us to believe that there's a timing element, element, not elephant, element, <laughs> that, that although it may seem like an elephant sometimes when, when the timing is not happening, when we're desperate for something that we've been praying about. In Ecclesiastes 3.11, it says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. Isn't that something? When we think of our life, I remember the 10 years of, you know, I dated three girls, they were all Christian, and I was thinking, like, I waited. I kept praying, God, what, who is she? Where is she? I know I want to serve God with someone. And I was just driving in today to a church, and I was thinking, like, wow, I waited. I felt like I got the best. 
<clears throat> you know, but waiting, waiting for God's everything. I mean, 10 years, 10 years. <clears throat> oh, my. <clears throat> In everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Our next part is keep praying. Sometimes we just get tired of praying. We Like everything, we start out well with things, we're doing really good, and then we kind of like, you know, we're human. We have these cycles and rhythms in our life that uh, we're either on or we're off. Keep praying. In 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing, Paul writes us. Here's a quote. Find joy in the disciplines of prayer and not in the answers of prayer. If you just thought about that, <clears throat> if you just thought about that, because it's talking more about your relationship with Jesus, how much Jesus loves you. A lot of times we rush in and we want to get something. We don't get it. We leave. How many times people sometimes have come into church and they didn't get what they wanted and they left? Or, you know, sometimes our heart are not in the right place to receive, but it's in continually seeking and coming to God and being be before him that somehow our, our hardness can break up and, and we can connect with God. So again, I'll find joy in the disciplines of prayer and not in the answers of prayer. I know sometimes I've I felt, been, felt, been feeling really desperate about something, wanting God to change. But just being in the presence of God, being able to surrender that to Him, even though I knew it, knew it didn't change, somehow I was able to lift off the intensity of what I needed and trust that God, that I had given it to him. And there's something about sometimes voicing major prayer needs. It's, it helps your soul release things because you know God's hearing you and the, the more you're walking with him and trusting God and you know you have a few track records with God coming through for you, when you pray it off, you can feel something lift off of you and now it's resting on him. You may take it back or you may start worrying about it again. You don't have to do that same thing. But there's something that happens when we can release it to God. First motivation presents opportunity to be in his presence. How many times have we had a desperate situation that moved us to prayer and we realized this was actually better than the need I had to pray off? It was good to be in God's presence. You know, we just, you know, yesterday, I mentioned this yesterday, but, you know, you know, praying for Paul for 13 and a half years since he was in the wheelchair, and even more be before that because he was suffering with Joseph's disease. When he passed, it was a bittersweet thing for me. On the one hand, I knew he was with Jesus, but the other hand, it was like, we've been praying for a miracle for all these years. And we had Diane this last year, after 15 years of failed back surgery, healed and restored to us. And anyone experienced the blessing of what we had spread out there, and she and Kelly really were behind that this 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 weekend. And so I remember just for a short time, just kind of like, okay, I felt like I laid down prayer. God, what's going on? What are you doing? But getting back up again, like believing for miracles, believing for the supernatural, you know, believing that God is going to touch people in ways that they're going to experience the supernatural, that they are going to 
be freed from things. They're going to experience healing, and they're going to experience resurrection and restoration. So in Psalms 126.4, Restore our fortunes, Lord, and the streams. Renew the desert. Everything that we perceive, everything that we perceive as loss, believe that God is going to restore. Dory had a word for us just in, uh, before the end of the year about reset. We've been seeing the ramifications of that word, the, the explosion of that word in our church of God resetting things that have not been good. Lean times we've gone through financially this last year. Reset in just different, so many different things. Outreaches in the community. There's been a definite reset. That word reset is for everyone here. Everyone that's part of this church, everyone who's visiting, that's a powerful word of reset. And I believe it's a reset for us spiritually. It's a reset individually for things that you've gone through in your life. When you reset things, things begin to change. And when God declares a reset, things begin to happen in our lives that are supernatural. I just mentioned this in prayer this morning. That reset was like the children of Israel when they were in the bondage. When that time period was up and the cries that they had put out for those 430 years that God had uh, segregated them out to that place of being in bondage under Egypt. But at the end of that time, when they went out, it says everyone went out. That reset applied to all of Israel, and they began to go into the promised land. They started a new journey. And that thing that we're going through in 2020, when there's perfect vision in this year, that God is going to give fresh vision, but there's going to be a reset in our lives if you will just receive it and believe it, that God's going to just shake things up. You may get new jobs, you may have new opportunities, whatever it is, God's going to reset. There's going to be a restoration, according to this scripture, restoring our fortunes as streams renew the desert. And there's times in God's season where we go through the hard times, we go through the wildernesses, we go through those desert places, but then God always brings us out of the desert into a new experience with Him, into a times of rejoicing and being glad for what God is doing in our life. Let's, well, that's what we're believing that God's going to do for everyone here in this next year. What about plant seeds of prayer? In Galatians 6, 7, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. <clears throat> so keep sowing those prayers. You're going to reap that harvest. It was in that scripture even today about generosity, that as you're sowing, you're going to reap. As you keep sowing in prayer, God is going to bring you and reap with you answers that are come to you. Psalms 126, 5 and 6. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. Those seasons that you've cried, those seasons that have broken you, you know, we don't want to be broken. Uh, we try to be up, and sometimes we even resist brokenness. But if we allow the seasons of even our brokenness, it turns into a season of joy and rejoicing. Those divine seasons where you go through those hard things that God is breaking your, your humanity, your old soul life, your own independence apart from Him. When you go through that, it brings a time of restoration to you that you look back and you say, I'm glad I went through the brokenness. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest. Like those bitter tears, God says, he is going to help you. You know, in those times where you resist, like, I'm not going to let any tears out. I'm not going to let this thing crack me. You know, I'm not going to be broken by this situation. But when you let it break, the deeper healing, the deeper connection it brings in your spirit, the spiritual strength that, it, that you derive from it 
is like such a blessing to your life. And it's such a, it brings you so closer to the Lord and who he is and how he loves you. It's just, it's an incredibly awesome thing. Okay, my next thing is handle loss well. Do you handle losses well? Do you get angry when you go through losses? And it's okay to be angry and work through it, but God wants to help us learn to handle loss well in our life. In Job 1, 20-22, if you guys are interested in uh, men's Bibles at 8 o'clock on Saturday morning, uh, Jerry Munzer is bringing us through Job and has some incredible things that he brings out. Job had lost children, servants, and wealth. Then Job arose, tore his robe, and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came in from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all of this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrongdoing. Handle loss well. My next one is handle disappointment. In 1 Corinthians 13, 7 and 8, it says, God's love in us bears all things. God's love in us believes all things. God's love in us hopes in all things. God's love in us endures all things. As followers of Jesus Christ, as those who have accepted Jesus Christ, we are going to know disappointment. Anybody a Christian here never been disappointed? Love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, <clears throat> they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. <clears throat> you know, that first thing about love in verse 8, where there are prophecies, they will fail. If you have received a prophetic word, it is your responsibility to really be before God to see that that word gets accomplished. In submitting to God, submitting your heart, submitting your disappointments, your frustrations, your, your ignorance, and the wanderings to see that prophetic word fulfilled, you have to keep that before the Lord. You can't just lay back and say, well, you know, it's going to happen. You have to pursue it. One scripture that's just been hanging on to me is the one that Paul said, um, I have apprehended, I've been apprehended, and I am apprehending that for which I was apprehended for. And Jesus calls us to be followers of him. And there's a lot of distractions, but the only thing that's going to take us into eternity is our relationship with God. And it's such a, it's such a disappointment to realize you get maybe to the end of your life and realize, I have not fulfilled something greater. Yes, maybe I've acquired a lot of things, I have a lot of degrees, whatever it is, but in my heart I have not fulfilled what God has said over my life. And that is the greatest disappointment that people take into eternity is the disappointment. And so if you have a prophetic word, take it out, pray over it. If you see an area that you've lapsed or you haven't followed the Lord, say, well, you forgive me. It says if we confess our sin, he will forgive us for our lapses. And it only takes a minute to get restored right to where God has you. And remember, restoration is restoring everything that we've lost. Even if you've lost years on your prophetic word, that is only a potential. Your prophetic word is only a potential of what God has for you. But you've got to walk with Jesus to let that word be fulfilled. And God will do it. Oh, I have a good time. I'm loving it. Okay, my next one is answers to prayer. Here's another profound thought. 
I owe God answers to prayer. Think about that. I owe God answers to prayer. You owe God answers to prayer. That means I must pray asking for things. <clears throat> you have not because you don't ask. What a thing. <clears throat> for me to get something, I have to pray. And God works by prayer, so if I want answers, i got to keep asking Him. It could mess with your head. <laughs> and James 4.2, the third part of the verse, James said, you do not have because you do not ask. How many times do we, almost like in our own mindset of what we see, feel, and experience, we kind of just don't even, we don't even believe God's going to do it. Well, so-and-so didn't happen, or it's been such a long time, it's not going to happen. You don't have because you don't ask. James also said, you ask and do not receive because you ask it amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasures. Here's another profound thought. The will of God is a stream of answers. The will of God is a stream of answers. When you're walking in the will of God, you're in a flow. Even in desert and drought times, God's going to give you water. There's going to be something that keeps you going in your relationship with God and in your routines. He promises in Isaiah streams in the deserts, water to keep you going. And I want to read something else. This is, I just added this morning. And I love reading every day my Bible because if you read every day, you keep getting nuggets for the day. This is a story about a woman. She was a church attender. It's in Luke 13. It's uh, Luke 13, 10, 11, 12, and 13. Now, as Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. So here's this woman She's a faithful attender. She's been in church for 18 years, I believe. She's been coming over and over and over again with a need. In fact, she's troubled. A spirit has caused her to be bent over. But she's a woman of faith. She's a believer. And Jesus is in there. Many of our requests, many of the things that are not answered, for some reason, God is waiting to do something dynamic. Diane Gottrin. 15 years, we don't understand the timing. We don't understand the spiritual things that come against us. But God and God's timing and being where God wants us to be and being in relationship with God, no matter what's going on, keep praying, keep believing, keep thanking, even though things are not good, even though your body's in pain, there is either God's going to heal you or take you home, but stay in faith, stay in the house of God, stay under the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit until whatever breaks off, breaks off. So, she's under a demonic spirit of infirmity, a spirit of sickness is on her 18 years, and she's bent over and couldn't in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. Immediately, the demonic spirit of infirmity broke off her, and when that spirit broke off her, immediately healing came into her life. Restoration came into her life. But notice, it's not finished yet. She's no longer sick, but she's still bent over. And he, Jesus, laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. 
I tell you, the healing presence of God not only delivers you from whatever the enemy's harassing you with, but there comes a restoration to what has happened to you in your life. And many of you maybe have been through years of things, and when God rebukes or drives off whatever the enemy's been doing, there is a healing and a restoration that can begin to be experienced in our lives. More answers to prayer. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. We receive answers to prayer by being in our prayer closet, by taking time talking to Jesus. And wherever your prayer closet is, on your way to work, you know, in, in the midst of busyness, carving out chunks of time where you can close off with God, praying in the midst of crowds, wherever it is, God sees God hears and God will answer. Losses, unanswered prayer. Losing people, unanswered prayer, should not hold your attention. Losing people and unanswered prayer should not hold your attention. Would our worship team come up? Questions about unresolved situations mess with our faith and distance us from God. Because we don't understand why what we prayed for did not happen. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with, all, with your heart and don't lean on your understanding. Do not trust your understanding of things.